Welcome, everybody, to RV Podcast, episode 385. And this week, we're going to talk about how lead is dead. We're going to talk about why lithium is the new standard for RV batteries. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike, and this is my lifelong traveling companion, my bride, Jennifer. And here we are with uh, episode 385 of the RV Podcast. I can't wait till we get to episode 400. 15 more weeks, and it'll be be episode 400. I read something the other day that the average podcast ends after just six episodes. (laughs) So you tell me we're a little slow? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are a little slow. But it is a lot more work than most people think, isn't it? That it is. It is. Well, as we said at the top, we are going to talk about uh, lead is dead. Lead being lead-acid batteries, the traditional AGM batteries that uh, you have been seeing as sort of the the stock batteries for RVs for the last several years. Uh, That's all changed. And it's changed over the last four or five years when lithium began to be introduced into the RV community, lithium batteries, lithium ion batteries, well, it is now pretty much the de facto standard. And uh, in the podcast today, in a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from um, two people. We're going to hear from uh, our friend Sean Nichols, who is with Battleborn Batteries and Dragonfly Batteries, Dragonfly being the parent company of, of Battleborn. And Jeff Runnels. Jeff is the president and the CEO of Keystone RV, one of the, the, the biggest RV companies out there, which is now making Battleborn lithium batteries or Dragonfly produced lithium batteries as a, a factory option in, uh, in their vehicles and uh, their uh, tra- towables, fifth wheels and trailers. So uh, that's, a big, uh, that's a big story for them. I think if you're an RVer, the number one concern on in, on your mind with summer coming up is the price of gasoline. Yeah. And it certainly has been going up, and many are predicting that the price of gas is going to reach $4 a gallon or more everywhere in the country within the next few weeks, in part because of Russia's decision to invade the Ukraine. Russia is... I think most people know, is a major exporter of gasoline and providing much of the fuel for Europe. I always knew that it was a supplier of Europe and even some for the United States these days. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until just recently. And uh, prices are already running at an eight-year high because of inflation and Mm. other matters. But this war is going to just drive the price of gas up. Yeah. Well, and it already has been going up. We notice it as we drive. We had a question on our Sunday night, Ask Us Anything, of when we thought that fuel price hikes would uh, affect the RV sales and travel. And uh, from the, the last time we've seen, you know, this is going back uh, almost to the RV recession year of 2008, 2009, but when it hits a national average nearing $5 a gallon, understanding that in New York and in California it's already almost that, but when that becomes the, nat- the the norm around the country, it tends to curtail travel. 
but um, it's getting there. It's as you just said, it's eight years uh, of uh, it's eight the highest years of it going eight up. Years, so. And when it gets really high, then you stay closer to home because well, people still want to go. Yep. Well, we've got some comments that we that we've received this week that we wanted to to uh, share with you. Uh, this is from uh, Dwayne, and he says, "Thank you. You two do a wonderful job on your videos and articles." Well, thank you, Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne says, we purchased our first RV this past summer, a used Class B. Six weeks after getting it, we had a blowout in the desert that ended with a rollover and a total loss. Both my wife and I walked away uninjured. Our 16-year-old red healer mix dog, Annie, is bulletproof and was fine. Our one-year-old golden retriever, Leela, suffered a laceration above her eye, and the vet sewed that right up, and she was fine. Uh, We were fortunate to find a replacement RV. It was a later model with fewer miles, and we drove it off the lot exactly one month after the accident. We've always wanted an RV, and as terrible of an accident as that was, we are still in love with the RV lifestyle more than ever. By the way, he says, I have ordered a new RV tire pressure monitoring system and that should give us some peace of time mind while on the road our biggest challenge like many others is finding that most of the more favorable campgrounds are full week or months weeks or months in advance Uh, yes they are Um, but i found that a really encouraging uh note about uh your spirit to keep going on (laughs) and the importance of knowing the condition of your tires. And it's impossible to predict a blowout, but having properly inflated tires, and you'll know that with the tire pressure monitoring system, it is essential for safety. So thank you, Dwayne, for sharing that. All right, last week we talked about Google Fi, that uh, telephone uh, Wi-Fi data system that Google makes available. And we talked a little bit about it and the good reviews that we've seen. But uh, you have a comment from one of our uh, viewers about Google Fi. Yeah, this is from Bob. And he said, I feel qualified to comment further regarding the recent viewer question that you fielded regarding Google Fi. My wife and I have subscribed on a shared plan for about six months. We each purchased a Google Pixel phone to fully realize the benefits of the Google Five service. There are other phones that can be used, but few will realize the complete benefit of the service, namely hotspots and uh, tethering capacities. While the data and voice network does utilize the T-Mobile and U.S. cellular networks, the Pixel phone will automatically switch between the two if I need to carry a signal. And when you are connected to Wi-Fi, the Pixel phone will use that as a primary source of data connectivity. And you will not even notice a quality difference. So, if you spend quite a bit of time connected to Wi-Fi at home, at work, or when traveling, your data usage and billing will drop dramatically. We have yet to uh, even use 2Gs of data during one month monthly cycle. Uh, have never been without voice or data service and have never paid more than $55 for one month of service for two people. That's pretty awesome. Also, why 5G data is still rolling out fully to most carriers, T-Mobile arguably has the most robust 5G network of any carrier. So when you're out of Wi-Fi range and your Pixel phone is connected to their data stream, it is probably a 5G connection. 
I have recorded download speeds over 150 megabytes on the T-Mobile 5G network. Overall, we are very happy with our Google uh, 5 plan and the Pixel phones. It can be a very low-cost option with excellent quality of service, especially if you are connected to Wi-Fi most of the time. Well, that's a great testimony from uh, Bob, and we thank him for sending that in. Um, as I said, the, the problem I have with it is a couple of things. One, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of, even though I have T-Mobile, but it's with Verizon, T-Mobile and uh, what is it? I think the other one is U.S. Uh, what is it? Uh, the other U.S. Provide, cellular. U.S. cellular. These are kind of you know not the most robust networks when you compare it to AT and T and Verizon nationwide. In certain spots, they're great. Uh, but the other big thing is you have to have an Android phone to really get uh, take advantage of the use. But if you do have an Android, particularly that new Pixel phone. Man, it, it sounds like a great option. The prices are, are really good that he shared. So mm -hmm. thanks for, for sharing that with us, Bob. Yeah. All right. I have a comment uh, from uh, Kimatha. She writes this. This is really for you, Jen. She says, uh, tell Jen, Mike, that those snow cleats are a false sense of security <laughs> on ice. I just fell flat on my face in the snow, salting my sidewalk. She's talking about, uh, I mentioned last week, I fell twice <laughs> at the dog park. Back-to-back -back uh, days. Back-to-back -back days in Michigan. Uh, and I wear snow cleats and, uh, it, you know, uh, and really bad ice. But they do make it easier to walk. But as she says, it's not, uh, it's not foolproof. Um, she said, uh, I keep thinking that we're stupid for staying in the north. We should move to Florida. I like the idea of chasing the sunshine, but that would mean full-time. And my dream of doing that in retirement is now fraught with problems even if I tied down uh, even if I wasn't tied down being a caregiver I like living vicariously through your trips and in my opinion you guys have the best program as you say a lot of those other people have a lot of drama <laughs> <laughs> I watch the TV and I find that doesn't allow for comments she watches our videos on YouTube uh, and when you watch on TV you can't make comments she says just as well I left Facebook a year ago due to drama and privacy issues, and I don't miss it. Happy trails. I'm watching on TV, and that's uh, from Kimantha or Kim, uh, who uh, shares that. Yeah, ice cleats. That's why we're going to Florida this week. Okay. We are out of here. We're this, on the road this week. This is what I do. I stand in the garage and throw some whatever I'm going to use to melt the uh, the salt, the ice, the salt, you know, whatever I'm going to use. And I don't walk out for a little bit. And I've been known to use sand as well. Yeah. I just, I don't really trust those cleats either, even though when you have my, last time I went to the dog park, I can't do anything about the ice there. I just kind of stood there yeah. and I was afraid to move. Yeah, it was, it, it's treacherous. This is really a dangerous time in yeah, the north. You your, know? Own, your own driveway, you can have some control. But man, when you're out there. Yeah. Other places, no control. So the solution is simple for Go me. South. I'm going to Florida. <laughs> we're leaving, I think, uh, in two days. And so. then there's people like me when we were down in Florida last oh, year. Oh, yeah, you fell. Yeah, last we year. Were outside, I wanted to go outside, and there was a hurricane going through, and I wanted to... <laughs> Wait a minute. I wanted to feel the wind. Wasn't, you know, wasn't it a was, full hurricane. No, we were kind of on the edge. We were kind of the edge, and there was a lot of wind, and... The waves, I love waves, and I wanted to go outside and look at the waves. And feel the, and and feel, feel it, yeah. the wind a little bit, and so we went outside, and um, 
<laughs> my glasses missed it over. Yeah. Like at about two seconds, they missed it over, and I thought, I can't see. And, um, you know, an intelligent person would have stopped. <laughs> you know, when you can't see, stop. Well, there was a step, and I went flat down on my face. So my cheekbone, my chin... <laughs> but I survived. Nothing right. got broken. She survived. And uh, uh, we thank you guys all for those comments. You can send us your comments at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. It's dangerous out there. What can I say? <laughs> it is, wherever you are. Got wrap and bubble wrap. All right. When we come back, uh, an interview with uh, Sean Nichols from Battleborn Batteries and with uh, Jeff Runnels from Keystone RV. Thanks for staying with us. We'll be right back. Are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be for you. Jennifer and I recently bought some property just west of Nashville from a great company in Tennessee that specializes in large acreage RV property. They're called Tennessee Land and Lakes. You can check them out at myrvland.com. The scenery and the setting is breathtaking and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can garden, landscape, bring your pets, your friends. It's big acreage in a private setting. There's high-speed fiber optic internet connection along with utilities, a wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations and it's ready whenever you want to be there. Prices for big acreage start at only $79,900. Plus, you get us as your neighbors. There's financing available and some really friendly staff to work with. Visit MyRVLand.com. That is MyRVLand.com. You'll be glad you did. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And now it's time for our interview of the week. And we're going to talk about batteries and specifically lithium. Now, lithium batteries came on the scene about five years ago, five or six years ago, and it was a rough couple of years. But even back then, when we, we were among the very, very first of, of our viewers to, uh, to use them, it was more experimental the first year or two, and we were back in the shop all the time. But even then, we knew these were, were truly game changers. Um, and uh, since then, lithium has become um, much more improved. The technology, the battery management system, heated batteries, they just perform so well. And there were, um, there's a major announcement at the uh, recent Tampa RV show where Keystone RV, one of the largest uh, manufacturers of uh, really quality towables and fifth wheels, announced that uh, from now on, uh, they were going to make uh, lithium batteries uh, a factory uh, optional install 
uh, on all of their line. And uh, they choose uh, Dragonfly batteries for that. Dragonfly is the parent company of our friends at Battleborn Battery. So we thought it would be interesting to talk about that, what that means to RVers, why it's significant. But the overarching theme of this is that as our friend Sean Nichols from Dragonfly and Battleborn says in the interview you're going to hear in a moment, lead is dead. Lead being lead-acid AGM batteries. And uh, he gives some, some strong uh, evidence of some studies and lots of tests that have come out uh, in recent years, along with all those improvements, that uh, proves his point. So you're going to hear in this interview uh, Sean Nichols from Dragonfly and then uh, Jeff Runnels from Keystone. So let's find out why lead is dead. Why do you think lithium has become not the standard? It certainly is uh, it is the gold uh, step to aspire to for all of these. Well, that's because lead is dead, Mike. Lead is dead. Lithium batteries, lithium iron phosphate batteries, the deep cycle storage solution that we sell here at Battleborn and make and assemble here in the United States is the new standard of deep cycle storage in RVs and marine applications. And it's uh, been proven over the, a number of years now and well trusted and believed in by consumers. It's been accepted by the community and, and, it, and the technology continues to innovate in the pack itself. So now we offer a full line of heated batteries at Battleborn too. So if you want to charge in cold temperatures, you can get those from us now also. We have our same standard line without the heated option also. So, and I'll tell you what, you know, we did a white paper uh, a number of years ago now, maybe like two years ago, called Lead is Dead. And it was a white paper about uh, how a lead acid battery can't perform well at any temperature. So when someone says to me, oh, you know, you don't buy lithium batteries because you can't charge them in cold temperatures, I'm thinking, have you ever actually measured the amount of power that goes in and out of your lead acid battery, even at room temperature? Because it doesn't perform well even at room temperature. And at cold temperatures, I'm talking like 40 degrees, not even super cold like you went camping in the other day, it doesn't perform very well at all. It's pretty, it's pretty painful. So our batteries have a built-in charging protection in the BMS to stop you from ruining the battery. But now we have the heated option, so you can warm the battery up. We have a state-of-the-art heat system built into the battery. It uses very little current to make the batteries warm enough so you can recharge them in any climate. People work hard for their money, so I, I will acknowledge that the battery does cost more up front. If you go to that same white paper, Lead is Dead, you'll find out that our batteries are over eight times cheaper than AGM batteries over the lifespan based on per cycle cost. Due to the length of time, due to the warranty the battery comes with, it makes people feel more comfortable making that investment in our battery than a lead acid battery. What it does is it changes the experience of using the RV. So it's not only just about the cost, it's about actually maximizing the investment that you made in this vehicle that you bought to go out and enjoy the outdoors. We've been well received by the OEM side of the business and the consumer side, and we appreciate everybody believing in us. We did recently do an agreement with Keystone. Uh, we are the exclusive battery supplier for Keystone RV, which is a, a very large towable manufacturer in the industry. And you can get the you can get the batteries at their dealership through Dragonfly, or you can get them on the you can order them on the coach itself when it comes to the dealership. I think that you can see that the tides are changing. I remember we had a conversation one time, and you were asking me when I thought uh, lithium would really have that inflection point. I think that we're here there now. You know? Well, Jeff, you guys announced a pretty big uh, partnership with uh, Dragonfly, the parent company of Battleborn. Uh, tell me about that. So we partner with Battleborn because um, they just bring so much much expertise to the table, but they're also the, the, the name when you're talking about lithium. And when you're putting a solar program together, um, you know, these days you can't talk about efficiencies um, without having a good battery. And so um, as we've developed this program, where we're releasing, you know, three systems, solar on 
done everything of some in some way, shape, or form at Keystone, you want good partners. And so they were kind enough to come on board, help us out, and now we've established an exclusive relationship. So how much lithium can I put on this ordered from the factory? You can order our, our biggest system, you can order with four of the 270 amp hour GC3 batteries. Wow, 1200 amps. Yep. Uh, I don't need a generator. No. I don't need a generator. Uh, and solar, how about solar? So, so the solar, you know, again, you have a 200 watt system, a 400 watt system, and a 600 watt system are our three main systems that will graduate through the entire campus. And that just helps trickle charge it. You're really relying on uh, power well, in the it, alternator. Well, it depends. I'll give you an, uh, uh, an example. We had the 600i system in one of our mid-sized fifth wheels at Hershey last year, and we were able to run our refrigerator and our soft start AC in that unit for up to an hour and 45 minutes standalone it wasn't hooked up to power and that was just with one 270 amp gc3 battery in, in comparison to the industry now where does this put you guys at keystone in terms of solar and lithium um i i, I would say we're well out ahead what this means to consumers and me as a as a reporter of this is these things are really good for taking off the road now and I can make it factory installed That's right. and off the grid rather than having to do it myself afterwards and retrofit. That's pretty impressive. That was our hope. We, we didn't want people to have to tear these coaches apart. You don't want to have to. So the other thing that we should mention when we talk about that is all of these have uh, outlets inverted standard from the factory. And that's the other big piece of this. So each of our coaches, regardless of what level you're at, has at least seven outlets inverted. Um, and that's going to be really important because you don't want to have to do that after the fact. I feel like a pioneer. We had uh, the lithium batteries before anybody else did, I think. You know, yeah. we were out there. Yeah, we've had, uh, we have, it's been a long time. And, mm -hmm. and really, we have just nothing but great things to say about lithium. You know, they, they charge faster, they discharge fuller, and uh, we find that they uh, work great in, in all temperatures. We have heaters on ours now, and uh, we're, we're big proponents of lithium, probably because we like to boondock so much and be off the grid where you know you, you you can really rely on those lithium batteries because they last so long so it gives you such a feeling of independence it does it does all right let's change gears and go to the questions of the week and we love getting your questions again you can send them to us at mike and jen at rvlifestyle.com you want to take the first question yeah, i'd love to take the first question and this is from andy and andy says uh would like your opinion on this we will be retiring at the end of this year and plan on traveling about two-thirds of the time, several weeks at a time, in our 32-foot Class A towing a small hatchback car. We've had this set up for two years now, and I'm considering adding two uh, electric bikes, which we would uh, store in the hatchback when uh, traveling and not using. My question is, do you always travel with your e-bikes, and how much do you actually use them? Mm. My concern is we will haul them around, and since we uh, have the car, won't use them that much, and I don't want to waste the money on them and not use them. We took a vacation last year and brought our regular bikes with us and only used them one day over a two-week period since we had the car with us. That's a great question. It's a great question, and what we do is different than yeah. what they would do because... We have our dog, 
And the two of us cannot go riding off and leave Bo all alone. For long periods of time. For long periods of time. a couple minutes here and there, but yeah. But, uh, so we have to take turns one at a time riding a bike. And uh, we spend a lot of time working. So we try to go for hikes where Bo can be included because when you have a big dog and you can't leave him, that works for us. But I, I think it's kind of... Uh, a, you're saying a lot when you say you have your car and that you went on a two-week vacation and you only used your bike once. So if I were you, I'd give myself a little bit of time and try, you know, just to see taking your regular bikes if that's enough because you can always buy bikes and they're really good. They'll ship them wherever you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, try that first before you make that big investment. We uh, we have electric bikes uh, mm-hmm. and we have, we really enjoy them. Yes, um, but we don't take them nearly as much as we would like to anymore. Um, when we first got them, obviously you know we use them a little more. But a couple of things that you need to know: they're very heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know they're they're hard for. Uh, we hear from a lot of uh, older people who. You know, just find it very cumbersome. They weigh about 65 pounds each. And, you know, that's kind of hard to lift out and in stuff. But they are fun. They are so much fun. And there's more and more places where you can ride them. You can ride them pretty much anywhere you can ride a bike. But because of the size of them and where do you store them, how do you haul them along, it takes a, a lot of space and a lot of extra weight. Uh, I think your advice, Jen, I agree with it, is uh, just give it a while. Um, give yourself a little bit of time. Yeah. You can always buy them. I would suspect that you will not use them as much as uh, as you thought you would. You know, as you, is, is it, you know, it, like anything, you know, the more you, ha- you use it, the, the less fun it becomes. And if you've got another vehicle for transportation, which you use, the, the towed, the car you tow, then... I guess for me, it said that you had your regular bikes for two weeks and you you only used it once. Yeah. So um, I'm a little wondering. Yeah. So I'd say you're not a great candidate for it. So, (laughs) But if you do get it, you're going to have fun. Yeah, you'll have fun. Get the basket and you can run and do your errands. And do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? Yeah. Can you go? Can you both go? Or does one person want to go? You know, when we've seen people do that, too. All right, one more question. This is from Cheryl, and she says, uh, Dear Mike and Jen, uh, I purchased a 1966, wow, 1966 fan 17-foot Roadmaster trailer last Easter time from a friend who hadn't used it for several years. I have not gone out in it yet because I've been working on it last summer and fall with new tires, new flooring, sealing the roof, etc. It is all self-contained. I want to go to Elkhart and research my trailer at the RV Museum uh, Hall of Fame Library there. That's great. Anyway, my question for you is, Did you do you see many vintage campers on the road? And the answer quick to that is more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people who are restoring campers and towables and everything. And we're seeing more and more of them. She said, would there be any problems with staying at Harvest Host, Boondockers Welcome Sites in a vintage trailer? I haven't got my membership yet waiting until I'm ready to travel. I see where some campgrounds don't allow older RVs. I'd sure appreciate your input on this. Thanks so much. Well, I'd love to see it myself. (laughs) Uh, If you have restored it, I am sure it looks great. And yes, uh, I don't think you'd have any problem at a Harvest Host or a Boondockers Welcome. None at all. 
Um, the key words to use is vintage camper restored. And uh, people will be knocking on your door because I want to see it. But um, you are absolutely right that there are some campgrounds, some very snooty campgrounds that don't allow RVs in over a certain age. And there's a reason for that. There is a reason for it. Not everybody's done the restore. Yes. Uh, (laughs) They're just vintage. There are a lot, uh, you know, of marginally... Marginally financially stable people driving some pretty rat trap RVs out there. I don't know how else to, to tactfully say that. And uh, while they may work and that is their home and we understand that, there are some RV parks who just think that that looks pretty ratty and it, and it turns the park into what looks like a, a kind of an RV slum. So that's why they have those. And I know this is a controversial topic. It comes up on our Facebook page from time to time. But that's why. I mean, I, I'm not going to mince the, the, the truth of the matter is. And I'm not, I don't want to judge anybody with anything, but I'm just saying that uh, really junky looking ones, old ones, uh, are not welcome in a lot of places. And many communities don't like them either. You know, there are, and part of that's because there's been a lot of homeless uh, encampments that have cropped up around the country and if you've ever seen those one of the characteristics is this really old very poor conditioned RVs trailers with rust and holes and all that stuff uh, boarded up windows boarded up windows mm-hmm. and taped over stuff and and you know that just looks really bad and and so communities and RV many RV camps don't allow it Please don't get mad at me for saying this. I'm just trying to tell you the truth and why. But that said, your vintage trailer, which takes everything to a whole new uh, standard, I, I don't think you'll have any problems, uh, assuming you've done a nice job and it looks good, you know, relatively good. So just uh, if people ask to say, oh, it's a, it's a restored vintage trailer, and uh, you should not have any trouble. So I think that's it. Hey, you got questions for us or comments? Once again, we love to get them. Just send it to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Mike and Jen, RVLifestyle.com. Well, that's it for episode 385. We'll be back next week from the road somewhere, hopefully in warm weather, uh, with another episode. And we thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails.